All right, Jalen, we are back. NBA is back as well after the All-Star break. No real big news, but we've got an all-segments episode. Should be a fun one. We're going to talk a little NFL offseason storylines. We've got a segment for that and get into some real deep dive on the NBA as we the post-All-Star break is tipped off already tonight. Games are underway. Good to have it back. Good to be back with you, sir. How are you tonight? Thank you. Uh, it's been pretty good lately. You know, we're getting ready to – the basketball games are back on. Uh, first spring training game was today. It was exciting for literally like five minutes because the Dodgers scored and got Joe Musgrove out literally in 25 pitches. That was very disappointing. Uh, 8-0 in one inning. That was – Baseball's back, folks. Baseball is back. And the Dodgers are going to be just as brutal, <laughs> in my opinion, of course, as a guy that grew up here in Colorado. Uh, it's going to be brutal. <laughs> it's going to be brutal to watch, but excited for everybody else in the MLB. And uh, But, yeah, it's just a good time. And like you were saying, we've got a bunch of segments. This is the best time of the podcast where we just – Time for us to drop some segments from the NFL and uh, also have some exciting games in the NBA. Um, All the games are back on, but my Wolves. So I got to pick between the Clippers and Thunder and the Suns and Mavs. And I'm proud to say that I'm watching the Clipper-Thunder game right now. Good one. That's a great game first night back. There's some some really good games tonight, I will say. Paolo battling battling the Cavs right now, too. My guy. And that's a crucial one too. See, there it's just oh <laughs> I, I know we put the NBA on the second burner here, but some good NFL stuff too. So let's hold it for one second now. Let's hold it for one it's second. All, it's on the second burner, but there's more NBA. We're just yeah. starting with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just we can't start with it, you know. We always gotta get to the the quick the guy go to the league. You always gotta go to the league first, you know. Pay its respect, pay our respects. <laughs> Let me hear it. Which what was this was your segment? So let's see. I, I'm I'm ready. All right. So last time we were on here, we talked about coaches. This time we are going to be talking about quarterbacks, something that we do pretty often. Uh, Colby, you're more of the quarterback connoisseur, you would like to say. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and bring up our old take, our old segment called Make or Break. And it's going to be with our NFL QBs. Last time we did this, it was literally the second week after the Super Bowl. So everything lines up. Everything lines up perfectly, like always. Um, Except for this time, we probably won't throw the Bears matchmaker in this episode, just because, oddly enough... We'll be repeating ourselves a little bit too much. That's a little bit too much deja vu, even for you, even for us. We, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta at least kind of mix it up, right? So we got make it or break, break it. NFL QBs, um, pretty simple. I'm gonna go off of some examples that we had last season. Um, a good one, honestly. Two completely polar opposites on this segment. It was Jared Goff and Mac Jones. <laughs> And we were asked, we asked ourselves, do we think these quarterbacks are going to make it in 2023 or break it in 2023? Needless to say, one of them definitely made it. And, probably, yeah. and the other one definitely broke. And yeah, everything. That, that was good. Um, that was a very applicable segment for those two. Certainly golf is yes. going to get a new contract. Uh, and Mac Jones might be out of the league <laughs> or he's at the very least going to be a backup. 
<laughs> yeah, not looking too hot for Mac Jones. And the worst part is I wrote down make it on my paper. So I'm in the dead wrong about Mac Jones. <laughs> I mean, um, I believe, I, hey, I had the Patriots over last year too. So you're not the only one who had some faith in them. <laughs> but yeah, so there's this can be good. This can go fun. This is pretty fun. I mean, we got a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of different names, and especially when the QB uh free agency market is actually pretty spicy this year, especially when you have guys like I don't know, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, uh Colby will go ahead and just take those two right off the bat. Do you think those guys count on this make it or break it list? Since they are on the free agency list market. Um no, I would say Baker made it last year. They're both about to get paid. So I, I would say no. I wouldn't say that either of them are a make it or break it. For They're both kind of like – Baker was definitely like a make or break it last year, and he made it. Um, so he, he's going to get paid something somewhere. Um, and Kirk, I would say at this point, everyone – like we know what Kirk is. Like I don't think – nothing that's going to happen is going to drastically change what Kirk Cousins is. He's somewhere around the 12th best quarterback which is a valuable thing to be so um no i wouldn't i would say that they i wouldn't say they qualified i'm sure they're both going to be making a handsome sum of money uh here in the next month or so when free agency begins um sucks that the vikings can't tag kirk cousins and the news has already came out that they are not going to give him his fully guaranteed money so knowing kirk cousins and the elite bag artist that he is um it's gonna be a quite it looks like it's gonna be a little bit of an uphill uh battle for my hopes and aspirations of kirk cousins putting on the purple again um so yeah that i don't talk about those two guys i don't think he's going anywhere i'd be very surprised if he goes anywhere (laughs) i think he'll be back he loves it i just love him and he loves it so i i don't see him leaving i agree i do agree i don't see him leaving it but at the same time, there are possibilities, Colby. Anything can happen. I mean, we yeah. were just—I was just joking with you about Russell Wilson, you know. And uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably not a make it or break it season, I guess you can say, because we don't know what his status is as well. Um, so he won't be included. But I mean, hey, what if the Steelers, instead of not going for Russell Wilson, they take their shot at Kirk Cousins? You know, what if they just do that? There's that to consider. Um, I don't know how you would feel about that, but you got there's this suitors out there. I think it'd be crazy yeah. if he became a 49er, I, especially That's the way Brock Purdy performed. Like, do you really think Kirk Cousins is going to be able to uh, outdo what Brock Purdy did in that moment? Is something that I would ask people. <laughs> that would be the question. I mean, even if he is, it's, it's going to cost too much money. So I think just financially, that could, can't happen just because they want to mm-hmm. keep that super team together. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's the big catch when it comes to Kirk is how much money is he going to chase? You know, is he going to be the Kirk that we know that gets the bag all the time or is he not? (laughs) So, all right, I'm just going off of our old list right here. Russ was one of them. Kirk was one of them. We already mentioned Jared Goff and Mac Jones. Um, Here's one that actually didn't, (laughs) he didn't really play that much, but he uh, didn't really get a chance to prove whether or not he could make it or break it, Colby. Aaron Rodgers, I think this is a good one to start with here. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to make it or break it next season? Ooh, that's a good one. That's interesting. 
I'll say break it, honestly. I mean, I have no faith in the Jets. He's 41 years old, coming off an Achilles. They don't have blocking. Their receiving core is below average. Um, I no, I, I would say break it. That's a good one to start. Wow, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought about. He wouldn't have been the first person that came to my mind, but that is a really good one. I, I'll say break it, man. I really, I really don't believe in the Jets and Aaron Rodgers at this point. I hope we at least get to see him play, but uh, I don't have much faith in him. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right there with you. I don't have much faith in the Aaron Rodgers Jets as well. As a matter of fact, uh, more things have just came, more things just come out about this team that just makes you believe less and less. I mean, I think I've heard some nasty stuff about what happened with the with Sala and the play calling, and now how Zach Wilson and how that was handled. It's just, it was just a whole show. It was a whole ish show. So. Yes. I'm right there with you. I think this is going to be a breakage situation where it's going to be hyped up, especially when we get closer to the start of kickoff because you got Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be on the big platforms. He's going to be on ESPN. He's going to do his thing. But I just think that at the end of the day, you look at the Bills, they got some challenges, and I think their hurdles are a lot smaller than the Jets. Same thing with the Dolphins. So... Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be a break at season. And like you said, let's see what they do about that offensive line. Um, let's keep it in the AFC East. How about Tua? Last season, we had him as a break it. Um, Probably made it by our definition. The, he had a good year and he stayed healthy all year. Yes, and that was I was going to say that was the little tag that we had next to it that I wrote down. What yeah. can he do when he is available? So he was available. He was available. So I feel like uh, first question we should ask ourselves, were we right or wrong on whether or not Tua was make it or break it last season? I think we were wrong. He made it. Yeah, I would say we're everything. Wrong. It's, yeah. it's so weird. It's tough. Tua, that's a tough one, man, Um, I for this year. Yeah, I would say we were wrong. He had a very good year last year, obviously, even if it ended badly. Um. But the thing is, like, he's because he's still trying to get that contract, right? And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just don't – I think that, like, is kind of his absolute ceiling, what we saw. I just – he's just – to me, he's kind of still too physically limited. Um, I just don't know if he did. He's big enough, has a big enough arm in the AFC with all these other top dog quarterbacks and good teams, good defenses. But I don't really know, like, what making it or breaking it would be for him. If making it is getting the big contract, I don't know, man. Kind of think he might break it. I can see it going poorly next year. I I know I said that last year, and obviously we were wrong because he had a great year. He is a good quarterback, um, but man, he he he'd be a tough one. You said we'll probably do our rankings. I know you have yours ready, but I'll make mine. Probably do that next week. He'd be a tough one for me to rank. So I I will lean break it just because I don't really know. I would have a hard time giving to a, a big one of those big contracts, man, even as good as he was this year. And he's, he's a great guy and everything. I like Tua, but I would have a tough time giving him a big contract. I I personally wouldn't just because I think I I believe if I was the Dolphins, I like what Tua has done and everything. He at least has been consistent on his winning seasons. You know, he's getting you shots to the playoffs in multiple seasons. Um and it's just going to be the fact that, you know, Coach McDaniels is going to be up to him if whether or not he is going to be the guy. I feel like that's the tougher question because, remember, he came in and he was already 
pumping him up saying you're a beast you're this you're you know you're a top top quarterback that type of deal and there for a long period of time when the, those numbers were true and everything and then of course like you said at the end of the season he just did not finish in the way that he started so i personally say if we're going to compare I would like to sit, could just compare it to this season and everything. Since okay. we were wrong, I'm going to go the opposite here. I think he's going to make it. I think in that regard, I'm looking at he wins a playoff game this year. I think Ooh. that'll be a huge sign really? of okay. Tua making it and for the Dolphins as well. Because And I feel like that would also have the biggest implication on his contract and whether or not he gets paid. Because I oh, feel yeah. like – he wins all the regular season game. Like he wins regular season games against the uh, teams that he should win. We've seen the numbers. The Dolphins, you know, the only team they beat was the Cowboys, right? And that was that was it. And they were at home yeah, because the Cowboys can play away. Yeah. And that was <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna say that this year I think it has to be a make it season for Tua in the fashion of he's gotta win a playoff game. So I'm gonna be on the side of make it. Um, all right, that's interesting. I don't know that I think I want a playoff game, but we'll see. All right, okay, okay. Well, we got months to debate on that, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really, a year. That's a good point. Um, all right, I'll let you take it. Who was a quarterback since you said my first two weren't the first ones you had in mind? Those were the quarterback you had in mind. Those were good. Um, I kind of want to say Justin Fields, but it's tough because I don't know what team he's even going to be on. Um, hmm, put me on the spot here. What about? <laughs> I mean, it's tough to determine who who's going to make it or break it. Oh, I got an interesting one for you. Okay, how about Will Levis? Year two, new head coach. Okay. They're obviously giving him the shot. I thought he had some really nice moments last year. He definitely had some good games. He's got some physical tools. Um, but he's obviously just in the very literal sense, just trying to gut out. This is really because he didn't come into late in the year last year. So this is really his year to be the guy, prove that he's the franchise guy. So would you think he'll, Will Levis will make it or break it to be the franchise guy in Tennessee? A couple things will have to happen. Okay. And the first thing that's going to have to happen is for Christian's off-season prediction to, ha- to be correct, his one and only one that we've got so far, and that is T. Higgins becoming a Titan. I, I think – I feel like if T Higgins became a Titan, because you have Callahan at coach and everything, you learn the offense. T Higgins already has a great grasp of the offense. You have a solid number. You have a solid receiver that could be a number one option. Um, Space too. That's the other thing. They got money. (laughs) Yep. You got the money. Um, My thing is though, is you don't have Derrick Henry. This is the first time the Titans don't have Derrick Henry, but you also, again, new offense. So it might not even matter. You know, it's completely new offense, completely new mind, completely different schemes. So it's that part of it, really, is the thing that intrigues me the most about this one. Um, a part of me wants to say he was going to make, he might make it. I'm not going to lie. A part of me wanted to, wants to lean make it here when I say that all out loud. But like I said, that's a lot that has to happen, you know. But for the fun of it, I do want to say make it still. I think I'm going to I'm going to ride this gut feeling. I'm going to say make it just because, again, I was the one that got burned by the Jaguars this past season. <laughs> uh, 
I feel like Gardner Minshew will be a backup for Anthony Richardson. I will, I'm ready to see what's going to happen with him. If you want to talk year two quarterbacks, uh, he'll be on my list. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say he'll be on the radar for me as well. So I'm going to be on make it though. Cause when I was just, when you say that out loud, the only one that really scares you right now, if I would be honest in the AFC South is the Texans and everything. They're the real threat and they're the number one challenge. So yeah. I agree with you. I will also say Macon. I like I like I like Will Levis. I thought he was pretty good uh for the for a rookie last year. He obviously wasn't Stroud, but most rookies aren't. Like he's at least big. He can he's not a really a runner, but he can move around a little bit. He's got a nice arm. Um he's a gunslinger, so he's gonna have to reel it in a little bit. He definitely takes some chances. But I and and also you mentioned like the competition in AFC South, but I don't think like they're still kind of a rebuilding team. So I don't really think they don't even have, it's not even, I don't even think he has to go to the playoffs or anything. He just has to be good. Uh, like he has to himself play well. And I think he can. I'm very fascinated to see what Will Levis looks like this year, but I'll agree with you. I'll say make it as well. Um, should we do- I got you. I got you one right here. Since we were okay. just talking about the AFC South and how I was just burned by that team. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. We were ju- we just literally said and we agreed on how the Texans pretty much just stole number one from them of being the, the threat. <laughs> so Trevor Lawrence, he wasn't even on this list last year because I mean he had an amazing comeback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a great year. Yeah. So I'm turning around. I'm going to point my finger at Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Colby, make or break Trevor Lawrence. Oh, uh, I definitely think Trevor Lawrence makes it. Listen, this is obviously. Oh. Obviously, this was a huge disappointment. I mean, you and I thought the Jags might go to the Super Bowl and they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, so this year was obviously ended up being a disaster. But it's not, though, and it wasn't the only issue, but he was banged up the back half of the year. Um, I still think Trevor Lawrence is very good. The Jacksonville, you got to also remember, like, what that organization has been, especially at quarterback, before he's gotten there give him some level yeah. of grace. It's not like he's playing for some prestigious franchise uh, with a great history of developing quarterbacks and having success. Um, so I think, fair, he, fair. I think he's still going to get a big contract after the year. Um, I, I think Trevor Lawrence will make it. I, I, I still think he's going to be, and I don't know. I don't know where I'd rank him either right now. That's why I'm fascinated to do the rankings next week. That's why I want to make sure I have, have mine take some time to list mine all out. But, uh, I still think he makes it. I still think Trevor Lawrence is good. He's maybe not as good as we thought he was going to be, but there's still time. It's still early. I still, I say make it. I still think he's good. Last sentence right there, Colby, is why I'm saying he's going to break. Um, you're right. You're right. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a solid quarterback, especially when the Jaguars and the recent history that they had. If they had a guy like Matt Ryan, if Trevor Lawrence turned out to be a Matt Ryan type quarterback for him, where he just puts up solid numbers every year, I think he'll be at least that. That's that's where I'm starting to feel with him right now. I feel like he's starting to he's starting, in my opinion, he's starting to feel a little bit more like he's just going to give the Jaguars good, consistent play as long as that he's there, you know. Um, <laughs> But it's not going to be anything that might take him over the edge. I think uh, I'm starting to feel like there's that, that that X factor that we were looking for. It just wasn't there, and we saw it in C.J. Stroud right away. Yeah, and that was what we were <laughs> C.J. Stroud for. is better than him. 
Yeah. yeah. It was like <laughs> we were looking for that in Trevor Lawrence. And we waited, what, three, four years? And we three, haven't gotten it. Even three years. So, yeah, I'm going to go with break just because I feel like next season we're going to really see that that opportunity slipped. Uh, we're going to be see. I feel like we're going to see a lot of games where we're going to be like a lot of weeks where we're going to be like the Texans are in the favorable spot in the AFC South. How are the Jaguars and Colts and Titans going to catch up to them? That's how I feel like those conversations are going to go. No, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. The AFC South is very interesting all of a sudden. I mean, if well, if Will Levis and Richardson pan out, I mean, they could all four have quarterbacks, which is a far cry from where it was just a couple years ago when the Jags won at nine and eight or whatever it was. Um, That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, <laughs> in AFC South, all of a sudden, has the biggest, most fun, intriguing quarterback situation. Yeah. Probably out of most most divisions in the league right now. Yeah, I would say besides the North, I, NFC North. I, I would agree with you on that. That's bias. That is bias. I would say it's the definitely the most interesting quarterback division because they all have obviously some talent. Um, and also, there's also a level of unknown, particularly with Levis and Richardson. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I would say quarterback wise, it is the most interesting division. Um, and that's why I also. That's why I also pick Levis as a make it just because if if he's more intriguing to me still, you know, like you haven't you seen the videos of, of Trevor Lawrence giving the prep speeches to his squad. And then you read the comments and they're like, this man can't motivate me to make a sandwich. Well, I still love those comments, by the way. They're funny. Uh, but I'm not... you compare them to <laughs> compare those comments to when you see Will Levis talk to the Titans players and the and you hear Titans players say that this guy's this is the dude, this is him, he's our guy. Well, Will, like they're ready to run through walls for him. Will Levis definitely has some a little bit of psycho in him. I mean, there's yeah. the whole thing with him <laughs> putting mayo in his coffee, like that whole thing. Like he's definitely off a little bit, which I feel like you kind of want. <laughs> from a franchise quarterback. So that's interesting. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You got to include the psycho factor. Uh, that's going to be something we're going to have to consider in uh, future edits. Um, QB, future QB evaluations in this draft. We have to, when we do our deep dive in this draft, that's something to make a note of. Just a small thing. You don't want too much. Small. That's the thing, though. It's got to be like just the right amount. You can't it's go very too- subtle. You can't yeah, go too off the rocker. Just yeah, has to be just enough to like get your name out there. You get your sponsorship, <laughs> whatever, like he did. But should nothing we... that disturbs people. <laughs> well, should we just finish uh, that division and do Richardson? Because I feel like he, although as he's oh, qualified because he came out so raw, like and he was hurt. Well, it's basically like a second rookie year for him. So maybe he doesn't even qualify for this. Yeah, that's how I'm almost looking at it. Because he did play. I mean, my thing is his make or break it season is going to be can he protect himself? Because we saw what Gardner Minshew could do. We did see yeah. what Gardner did. He's in a great situation. Mm-hmm. He is. Anthony Richardson, both quarterbacks, Gardner and Anthony Richardson. Are, I don't think Gardner's coming back because I think he's a free agent. So I'm Anthony sure. Richardson is. He someone should come back. Someone should pick up Gardner. Like, he oh, probably, he's definitely that. not going to be the top choice like all the market, but I think he will be a starter next year. Like I think it'll be like whoever winds up le- losing out of the doesn't get fields and uh, doesn't want to maybe do whatever it takes for Russell Wilson, doesn't get the quarterback they want in the draft 
or doesn't think they'll be able to, like I would pick up Minshew. Go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, w- I was wishing I had the same flag you did right here <laughs> because I feel like that team right there <clears throat> could throw a Gardner Minshew into that co- QB controversy. I wouldn't and... be mad at that at all. I would not be mad at all if they, the Steelers picked up Gardner Minshew. He's, I mean, he's clearly been a better player than Kenny Pickett to this point. So, yeah, I would not be upset at all about Minshew. I'd be very open to that. And honestly, I feel like that's a perfect team to segue to. Is it did Kenny Pickett already miss his make or break it season, Colby? He might have. Um, I mean, he might lose his job. He might keep it. I don't know. I'm very fascinated to see what they do. It's very, it would be, I'll say this. There's all the buzz about the Justin Fields thing. It and I'm open to it. I would like them to pursue Justin Fields because and I, you know, I had a ton of faith in Kenny going into this past year. I really liked what I saw from him down the stretch of his rookie year, and it was just not good this year. It was he regressed. I felt like he was legitimately worse than he was um, the back half of his rookie year. I mean, he started terrible as a rookie, but the back half of his rookie year, he was good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of. He may have already missed it. I it's I will say it would be very unsteelers to give up on him. And listen, will I maybe sell myself on if they don't bring in anyone else? If um, having a real offensive coordinator now, wanting to see him in a real offensive system, I guess I'm willing to give him, I would give him one year maybe if you can't. So here's the thing. I really, I wouldn't, if you can't get fields, there's not really anyone else out there that, moves the needle for me like i have no interest in russ i'd be open to not them. even gardner like i said i'd be open to them getting Minshew, and if he comes in there and he outplays picket uh then that's fine whatever um fields does I, I, would love baker I, too. I would love baker but that's oh, a long shot baker me i too. think i feel I that think very unlikely to play baker goes anywhere so like i'm just realistically i don't see if you can't get if you don't get fields then you're probably just gonna end up running back with kenny which well, I'm not crazy about, but I, yeah. So if, if may, either he already broke it or I'm thinking he probably breaks it this year. If he didn't, I can't say I'm going to, I have the same level of optimism for him as I did at one time. Cause it was ugly. Yeah. I would say that Kenny Pickett, he does. I feel like the ship has definitely sailed, but like you said, it does feel very un unlike the Steelers to be moving off them like that. Uh-huh. But I just when you mention fields and just the options that are available right now, those guys just certainly move the needle more, you know, than just having the name Kenny Pickett out there right now after what you've seen. So I want I, I legitimately want them to get fields. I would be excited if they got fields. Shoot, Fields, Baker, uh Baker, oh and Lo- Baker would actually Minshew. be the number one choice. If they could get Baker, I would go crazy. I just think that's very unlikely. Uh I'm I'm leaning to Baker might be free depending on where Mike Evans goes. That's where I'm leaning on. If they don't bring Baker, Evans back, I'm on the side. That's true, but I also even if they lose Evans, I kind of also just feel like, man. Baker's bounced around so many different teams and coaches at this point. I'm sure he probably would like to just stay in one place for a little bit and have some stability. Um, yeah, but, 
you also have to remember Baker has always done pretty good with at least decent, some good star talented receivers. He would I'm love sure. the kicker. He would love to stick it to Cleveland, I'm sure. I think it would be great if they got Baker. I think it would work. I think him and Tomlin would be a match made in heaven. Um, I think Baker would be would thrive with Mike Tomlin. He's almost a Roethlisberger in the making. Well, it's different, but um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just talking, you know, trash talk wise, you know, like that type of thing. Like, uh, could be a Roethlisberger guy. I mean, throws the ball deep. <laughs> you know, like I mean, you consider the fact that you have. Give me the second to remember his name. He's been a problem. Pickens. There we go. We've been talking about Pickens. Yeah, it's George Pickens. I mean, imagine Baker just throwing him some deep bombs. I bet you he'd appreciate it. So that's the thing. Like the Steelers have a lot of pieces, man. Like if if Justin Fields goes there, that's the thing that makes me most optimistic. If they got Fields, is like. Yes, he had weapons. It's not like he was playing with bums in Chicago this year. They have DJ Moore. They have some legit good players. But, I mean, Justin Fields has never played on a roster as good as the Steelers roster. And so what would that look like? With a defense like a Steelers defense. Yeah, both sides of the ball. Honestly, if they can get a new center, I mean, and another tackle, their offense is good to go too. Other than quarterback. (laughs) I see you guys' O-line, despite all the complaints that you've had in the past – it's not as bad as the Bears. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as the Bears. Oh no, yeah, it got it got better. I mean, they can run the ball now at least. That's the main thing. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Those are just a couple quarterbacks that we can't talk about again, even though we got we a hit, good chunk. Hit some NFC guys. We've literally done all AFC so far. Hit some NFC guys before uh, we go to NBA. It's tougher to go to the NFC. A lot of the NFC guys are not as a uh, you know fun to talk about at the moment because they're already established in my opinion but we could i got one right off the bat that i just thought of what about kyler murray Ooh, that's a good one um i'll say make it i think kyler murray is still good man especially i mean his thing right we said was like can he win enough games to get them not to be in the caleb williams drake may territory and he did that he once he came back they got enough wins they have the fourth pick he's in his, his job is secure. I think he's going to make it, man. That that team has been a disaster roster-wise. Gannon appears to at least be a competent coach. Um, he's about to add Marvin Harrison Jr., probably, is also the big thing, which I think will be electrifying for him. So I think the Cardinals will be improved this year. I'm, I, I'm interested to see what they look like. I'll say make it. Right there with you. In my opinion, a make it is just getting back on the right track for the Cardinals. Uh, we saw it all season. This Cardinals team had a lot of fight and we saw the John Gannon had this defense in a different way. He's got this team. I think he's got this team by a good grip, even though there was some funny memes at the beginning of the year and we were poking and laughing at him. He, he proved it. I mean, we weren't laughing come week, come week, what, 10? We were like, yeah, the Cardinals are a respect, a tanking team, but a respectable tanking team. Like, yeah. we know they're losing games, but they we're like losing the them in respectable fa- fashion. Yeah. Unlike the right. Panthers. Yeah. They were, you had to, if you, if you didn't show up, they could get you. <laughs> and that's true. Yeah. They were one of those teams, especially when the Josh Dobbs era was there. 
Um, and not to mention that they knew when to move off of Josh Dobbs because the magic ran out two That's weeks, right. two, three weeks later. Got a draft so, pick. <laughs> yeah, got a pick out of them. Good shout out, Cardinal. So I'm right there with you. I think uh, the coaching is going to be a great, significant helper for the Cardinals. Yeah. All right, who's next? All right, so I'm trying to think of some NFC guys just off the top of my head and everything. Um, we did already. I feel like anyone in the NFC North is untouchable right now, um, especially your guy Jordan Love. I feel yeah. like uh, he's yeah. uh, he's untouchable, so we don't have to worry about it. him. His make or break was last year. He made it. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. He made it. Yes, Colby. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I don't know how else you want me to say it. Golf um, <laughs> made it. Your guy Kirk. We said he doesn't qualify, and Justin Fields is about to get traded. So <laughs> most likely doesn't qualify either. <laughs> I'll say more than likely doesn't qualify as well. Uh, we went to the NFC West. We talked about Kyler. I think that was probably one of the more fun, interesting quarterbacks. I'm not going to say Stafford just because last year we were talking about Stafford in the fashion of how much does he got left in the tank? Plenty. He had plenty <laughs> left in the tank yeah. that season. And I feel oh. like it's unfair for us to just once again, address that question for this yeah. segment. Um, so let's see. I'm not a fan of bringing up Geno Smith. I'm a, I'm not really going to say it because I feel like my answer is going to be right off the bat. I feel like they're going to just change direction whenever they can, but yeah, I think they could easily draft a quarterback. I'm yeah. Like, that's why I'm leaning you know, as well. I'm sure he'll be back for one more year. To, he'll be the starter this year. But I mean, if a quarterback falls, I mean, the, the, it's not like they have a super high pick. Well, I'm sure if they like one of these other quarterbacks and they one of them falls, they would take it. Penix is falling. Uh, from what I'm seeing from these mock drafts, Penix a lot of people falling. don't like Penix, which I don't really yeah. understand. I like Penix a lot, man, but a lot of yeah, I, he might not Probably even go because he's older. One. Yeah, he's because he's older. He's had injuries, I guess. But yeah, so we'll see. Um, all right, and then you got the NFC East. Dak, isn't he on a contract? Is this a contract year for Dak? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this has got one more year on his deal. So I guess he can he counts. Uh, I would say I would say if we're talking NFC East, I would go Dak, Jalen Hurts, or Daniel Jones. Did Daniel Jones miss it? Is that's the question? Uh, I've seen mock drafts of them taking Jaden. It's tough that he got hurt. I'd be stunned if they drafted a quarterback. I I doubt it, bro. Maybe they go running back and stab Saquon. No, I mean, they have to get a receiver. They got to go receiver, man. Their receiving core is a disaster. I mean, it's the Giants. I would be surprised if they backstabbed Saquon and was like, we got ourselves a running back. It's going to go like super high in this draft. There's no Bijan. I don't know, man. You said that last well, year. I mean, I said the Lions team went all the way to the NFC championship game. Look, the Jameer Gibbs thing was great. I, he went higher than I thought he did. But I said Bijan. You, you drafted him in fantasy football. We have football. plenty of time to argue about this. <laughs> for later. <laughs> Just, um, oh, I, I have one here. You need an NFC quarterback? Thank you. I was, I was about to say, I, I'm stuck I between an NFC East guy. That's no, why. I got a good one. I got a good one for the NFC. And we can say it's too early yet for this to be a make or break. But what about Bryce Young after his disastrous rookie year? He's already on his second head coach. They gave up I the mean, farm to get him. It was a disaster year one. Now, in his defense, I agree. In his defense, he was working with very little. 
but it was still a disaster. And it feels like even worse than it, it feels so much worse because of how good CJ Stroud is that it looks like they clearly picked the wrong guy. Um, and Frank Reich was right, according to some of the reports, allegedly. Yeah, owner wanted Bryce Young. So, what do you think, though? Make or break it? You think Bryce can turn it around and at least show some progress in year two? Or do you think he's just going to be a straight-up bust? Well, I know our good friend Christian was already on the ship that had sailed off and said that he was going to break. Luckily, that ship has docked. And I'm looking forward to getting on that ship for next season. Um, I was on the side of that the Panthers would be able to re-bottle this and, you know, they would have a decent shot to keep this team in a respectable position last season. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. And I don't think it's anything to do with the intangibles. I think it's the physicals here for Bryce yeah, Young. It's the tangibles. <laughs> yeah, like I because like we all know everyone says this guy has a good football mind. And sure, that could be true. But I just think right now it's just not it just doesn't look good. Even every time as every time I've seen a game of him, it just it looks hard to watch. It looks challenging. I mean, I know the Panthers were skin and bones, but for God's sakes, I mean CJ Stroud also had not the he had an injury. He lost his receiver and won a playoff game. Started the year with like four linemen out or something crazy. <laughs> yeah. He let CJ Stroud manage to end his season where he started. Let's let's put it that way. Like he the first game of the season, week one was against Baltimore. His last game was against Baltimore. I mean, that's in the playoffs. That's that's an incredible feat. I mean, and that's in the same draft class. So especially when you consider that, I'm going with break because you're going to have that on top of you the entire time. And just the fact that I just don't see it happening. I still don't. I think the Panthers as a whole unit have a long way to go. And C.J. Stroud might not be a part. I mean, not C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud definitely won't be a part of it. But Bryce Young might not be a part of it. Muted. Yeah, I yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, I, I have very little faith. And it's a tough situation. If had he been drafted into a better spot, maybe it could have worked. But the size thing is just ultimately tough for me to get past. And I would say break. I, I think he'll improve this year some, to some degree. But I, I mean, I don't. I think it's going to be tough sailing, and he's just in an incompetent organization. So I would say break as well. Yeah, it doesn't help. That doesn't help. Um. All right. My AFC because I did. I did say we will do one last AFC one, and we'll wrap this up. And I feel like this is yeah. a big, but simple question. And this man was on our list last year. Justin Herbert, Jay Herbo, the man Ooh. that lost his nickname, Ooh. Justin Herbert. Is it, uh, it, I think it is a definite make or break season when you consider the fact you have Harbaugh there now. And if you look the way you did all these years past where it's good, but you keep falling short every single time, I think it's got, people are going to get sick of it, man. Somebody might be uh, looking to shop you. So Especially, I mean, he's a high-value quarterback. I mean, yeah, I would love, I would love Justin Herbert as a Viking. Trust me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Colby, Justin Herbert, 
make or break year two on this segment for Justin Herbert? Make. He is horrible now. He has upgraded head coach so massively that I think just solely based off that, he'll make it. I'd expect him to have a big bounce back year. I don't know. I The Chargers, I think they'll probably be fighting for a wild card spot. I mean, it's tough. You're in the Mahomes division, but um, I think make. I think Harbaugh is going to help them a lot, and they should be much more tightly run ship this year. Last year we said make, Colby. I don't know what our qualifications at the time were for <laughs> I, Justin this Herbert, year, but he did I'm not. <laughs> going make, based, yeah, I'm going make based on he'll have a bounce back from his disastrous year last year. I'm going to double down on that as well. I'll take the heat from Christian whenever he hears this. We're going to go with he's going to make it. I'm going to go with he's going to make it. Simple as that. Um, very concerned about his weapons, though. That is the only that, thing that holds yeah. me back is the wide receivers. Gonna have to, I mean, drafting. they're going to have to do some <laughs> shopping, too, probably. I, I think the draft ain't going to be enough. So they're going to have to do some shopping and drafting. But I do think, and in general, he could hit the numbers. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. These guys get to the, get to the league for a reason. So give me make. I think I think they'll figure out the weapon weaponry. Um. All right. That is all I got for the league. We can finally turn the page to the fun association. Let's go ahead and take a quick little gander at this uh, Thunder Clippers game that I oh, yeah. signed myself up to. Thunder up 85-79. That's big. That's, that's a good game. That'll be an interesting one to see uh, how that plays out. My internet is being a little. Don't tell strong. me the. Don't tell me the Nuggets are choking right now. No, they're playing the Wizards. <laughs> they're going to win. <laughs> um, uh, it's always good to do a score check, Colby. No, yeah, I've been checking the score, but my ESPN.com just kind of crashed. My internet's being very slow right now. Um, it is forty to thirty-eight, fourteen-point lead by Jordan Poole. That is insane. He's on a run, cooking. No, I'm just kidding. That would be insane if Jordan Poole just somehow went on a 14-0 run <laughs> all by himself. Those are the those are the storylines that I, I dream of, folks. Uh, I would love to see some <laughs> random NBA player just put up a highlight of the year. But um Are you ready? Because this is one of my favorite segments. I think this is one of the yeah. best segments that we've done. So it's a double edition of a NBA Fear Fact. Yeah. So let's get it. And then we're going to finish up with the tiers. So two strong NBA classics to end on. All right. So fear factor here, Colby. It's two teams. I have thought of two teams. I was like, you know, it's not fair to put pressure on these young bucks. Let's give it to some of the teams that have some experience. So when I shared you this segment, I think yeah, there was no hesitation on why this fear factor is going to be pretty hype. It's because it's about the two teams that, most people are, at least I expect at the moment, to be favorites for a final. It's going to be the Nuggets and the Celtics on this fear factor, Colby. They're, the they're Eastern certainly, and Western favorite. Yeah, you're right. They're the two favorites, I would say, most people would agree in their conferences. So this is perfect for fear factor. Mm-hmm. I want to go with the Celtics here. Oh, okay. I think it would be more fun for us because that way we don't have to rush through it and everything. So I want to go with the Celtics just because also I feel like it'll all it'll be a little bit more challenging for us given what we have in the East. 
to get the put the fear into the Celtics here. So I'll let you take the stand first. <laughs> Who is the Celtics? We can stop. We can start from the bottom up. How about that? So from right, number yeah, three. So, so we do we do one out of one to ten, right? If we're that's how we uh, done one it to, You you was it one to ten? Yeah, you fire off the. That's how we did it last year. At least you fire off the teams, uh, one to ten. Oh, and how scary are they? Uh, yeah, and I'll give you one being not scary at all, ten being terrifying. How scary they are, uh, for the Celtics. Okay, okay. And, and I got you. If you agree or disagree with my assessment? <laughs> Let me take. All right, so my I got you. Uh, my first team right off the bat. I feel like it's going to be the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks is the team of the, the story of the month, story of the year. It's the Knicks. I mean, orange and blue skies, Colby. <laughs> what are your, what are your thoughts on the Knicks, boy? That's a good one. Um, man. So for this, from a Celtics perspective specifically, I'll say like a six. Um, slightly above. So not terrified. The Celtics obviously would still be heavy favorites and shouldn't have any issues winning, but. The Knicks, just because they're so physical, they're going to defend so hard. That is going to be a rough, tough series. And the Knicks are good enough, talented enough. They're going to steal at least a game or two from you. And if you're not careful, it could maybe be closer than you think. So I'd say six, because just because of the physicality aspect purely, the Celtics are obviously better. And I don't think anyone is going to be really picking the Knicks if this series happens. I mean, that'd be a huge upset if the Knicks actually beat them. But just because of the defense and the physicality, I'll go with a six. I'd lead something a little more spicier. I thought I was thinking a seven with that one, honestly. Just because, uh, like you said, the defense. And I think the Knicks would have been really good at stopping the perimeter from the Celtics. I mean, they are the team that jacks up the most threes. That's so true. the Knicks. And Anobi definitely, he is, he is built for that series, for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You can you can throw him on Tatum, and he's going to make life hell for him. Yeah. So, right about that. There's that. So I would just give it a little more spice, just a little more spice. Um, all right, my second team that comes to mind. Ah, uh, I mean, it's a shame that we can't talk about the Sixers here. Um, okay, and it's it, just uh, they're you know, not going to probably it's, score it's, very it's high. <laughs> it's a shame. I'm looking at. I'm going to be looking at the Cavs here. I, I I like the Cavs. I like this. I do like the. I still know if they're going to be a little more of a legit threat. So I'm going to retreat that. I'm going Pacers. I like that. I like to put the Pacers on that name. Wow. Yeah. I like, oh, how about the Pacers? They got a fun offense. They got some young pieces there. Um, well, I just want to see what they got on your scale. That's more, more or less why I got that. That's what I want to see. What are your thoughts on the Pacers? I mean, you're pretty high on them, but against the Celtics. Uh, yeah, I like the Pacers generally, but I would say like a three. Not not at all very scary. They can't defend enough. They're not they're not they don't have the wing defenders at all. Tatum and Brown are would absolutely eat in that series. Um listen, I love Siakam and, and I obviously love Halliburton, but the the Pacers, they're not ready for Boston yet. I think the Pacers are interesting and I can't wait to see what they look like in the playoffs, but no, that's like a three. Not the Knicks, I would much rather play the Pacers than the Knicks, buzz Boston. Okay. Okay. So let's pivot right back around then, right back to the Cavs. Um, Cavs is where are they? How are your? What is your? Uh, what is your rating on them? Like a four. I four. Like, 
Really. Man, the Cavs have been excellent this year. They have a lot of talent. There is the hot, like we said, since basically since 2024 started. I mean, they've been the hottest team. Um, I just can't unsee them just getting their teeth kicked in in the first round by the Knicks last year. A Knicks team that isn't wasn't as good as this year's Knicks team. Um, listen, I think they've improved, and I think they have, depending on the matchups, have a good chance to get a round or two. But I, I don't know that they match up super well with Boston because of the defensive guards being able to throw Derek White and Holiday at Garland and Mitchell. Boston is equipped for that, and they don't have the wing stoppers, I don't think. is a good defender, but for Tatum and Brown, plus Porzingis being able to space out Evan Mobley and uh, Allen and the Cavs still just the Mobley-Allen lack of shooting in the playoffs is really what bit them in the ass last year in the playoffs, and I think that could be very problematic against Boston. So I think that's a tough matchup for Cleveland. Okay. I I can see where you're coming from from there and everything, especially when you consider the fact that the Boston Celtics, their specialty is offense and everything. So I I, I see where you're going. Um, I am – I got two teams left for these guys. I got two more. I know I've said three, but I actually got two just because I thought of one more uh at the last second here and it's the bucks completely forgot about him because of all this doc rivers drama about how it's it's not uh, i don't know I, I did not understand why they put me in this coaching position even though <laughs> i was behind the scenes the entire time uh doc I just rivers, me and yeah. Gabe have been sending each other all day today the doc rivers like lying memes are so funny I don't know if you've seen any of them, but it's like That's Doc right. Rivers said. Doc Rivers reveals he tried to warn the Jedi about Chancellor Palpatine. Like Doc Rivers reward, uh, reveals he warned Jesus that Pontius or that Judas was going to betray him. It's just <laughs> so many. They've been so funny. I just don't understand. I just <laughs> oh man. So, what are your thoughts on the Bucks? Despite all the drama, and then the fact that I think Giannis came out today saying that he's like it's Damian Lillard's team like he's behind whatever Dame wants like what honest I don't know what's going on with Milwaukee man but do they still have a chance to challenge the Celtics that's the question here yes as much as it's a mess right now and there's drama my fear factor for the Bucks would be like a seven Boston's better the Bucks can't guard but they still have Giannis who's probably the second best player in the world. And Damian Lillard is a playoff kind of closer. Um, even though he's definitely declined somewhat, I still think having Giannis and Dame in a playoff series is going to be somewhat scary, despite all the other flaws. So I would still be more afraid of them than most of these other teams in the East. I would still say like a seven. I would pick Boston. I still think Boston's better. They're more complete. They're much, much better defensively, obviously. But just because of the honest Dame thing and Chris Middleton and Lopez, while they aren't what they used to be, they've still been in these big spots before and have come through. So I, I think mostly just because of Giannis, I'll still say that's a seven. And so we have reached the final team, <laughs> a team that resides in Florida. We've talked about them every time it comes to the playoffs. Everybody, I think you know the song, Colby. Orlando Magic. Oh, oh, no, I'm just kidding. We're not doing the Orlando Magic. It's the zombie heat. It's the obvious zombie heat. It's the Miami heat here. Um, 
I mean, even in our group chat, uh, where we have James and Chandler, our our here, our resident Buck, uh, not resident Bucks, our resident Celtics and Heat fan, they are they pretty much expect each other to run into each other in the playoffs and expect it to be seven games. Colby, is it true that the Heat are still the Celtics' number one fear? Yes, ten. 10 fear factor for the heat maximum fear just, just oh, no. seen this movie too many times before been in too many wars with these guys the heat have won all but all of them but one which was when the celtics did break through to the finals the other year listen boston is better than they were last year absolutely unequivocally um there's no doubt about they got that. Jaime Hawkins now <laughs> you do have Jaime Hawkins now that's right I mean, yeah, this is the team that Boston is dreading. I'm sure that the Celtics are just hoping and praying that someone else bounces Miami before them, which who knows. And right now Miami's an eight, so they could get this in the first round, which would be a nightmare out of the gate first round series. We've joked about how these top teams in the East, like are they going to be trying to try to play some three-dimensional chess to not have to face Miami in the first round? Yeah, 10. They're going to have that's the biggest fear team for Boston. If they get past oh. Miami, I I doubt anyone's beating them out east if they're, <laughs> they're healthy and everything. I just don't I'm looking at the standings right now. I just don't see no 3D chess getting the Celtics out of the spot. They're up well, seven yeah, the games. Celtics are not <laughs> coming out at one. So they better hope Miami gets up a little bit in the standings. They have to hope that the Miami Heat win their first play-in game. <laughs> get the seven. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah, and get the seven seed, or if they do lose that first play-in game, right now at the moment, they would probably face the Hawks because we know the Hawks are unstoppable in a play-in game. So, <laughs> and that would be the Hawks against the Bulls. I would take the Hawks and then upset in the play-in again. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the Heat are still. I don't know what it is. I think it might be just the coaching matchup here, and. When you talk about the Bucks, I feel like just because of all that was been said, I'm actually leaning more Missoula over Doc Rivers, which probably isn't going to be a surprise to me come come summer when we're watching these playoffs um, and everything. So I agree. I think the Heat are the Celtics' number one fear still, and that is it's just funny to think about. To be quite honest. I all right, <laughs> and two, America's favorite conference. The conference that has, quite honestly, all the star talent. Maybe <laughs> all the future faces of the league besides oh, Tatum. I'll admit, I know everyone's like, this whole past week has been, oh, don't forget Tatum. Tatum can face be the, the league. MVP hey, and he'll so be the face stupid. of the league. It's so dumb. Who cares? I mean, you're saying that as a Nuggets fan because your star player does not care about being the face yeah, of the league. Yeah. He said it well, He said it straight to the camera saying he does not care. And I love Jokic for that even more. <laughs> he, like, he like hates the All-Star Weekend. He's like, He's like, how is this play. reward? How, how how is this a reward? I have to work more. Like, <laughs> not be surprised if this man tried to fake an injury or something and doesn't show up to any more All Star games. Yeah. He's oh, just yeah. like, nah, pass on the check. I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm good, man. He's like, I gotta, let me go back. I need to check in on my horses. Um, all right, Colby. Let me see. There's a lot of teams the Nuggets can 
potentially fear. Yeah, there's definitely more scary teams in the West. You're right about that. Yeah. More so, candidates. I guess good thing I went with five teams with the East, so that way I have some firepower here in the West. We can we can go a little quicker through these because, like you said, there are more. <laughs> yeah. So, these guys, we're going to start off with a game that I'm watching. I'm going to go with the Clippers. Ooh, They're right losing right now. They're losing right now 84 to 103, but I think the Clippers – I just hate all the attention that they're getting personally. So I want to see what your opinion is on them. What's your fear of the Clippers gold? Um, I would say like a seven. They're not really, they're one of the higher teams. Now I may be a little overconfident as you'll see in some of these, as we go down the list here, but um, well, if they're healthy, which is obviously the thing you always have to say with the Clippers, the Nuggets have a very good history against the Clippers, but this Clippers team is legit. If they're healthy, they don't really have any weaknesses. Um, they are deep. They can defend. They have at least a solid big in Zubac. They have elite wing players, obviously. Um, they have quality role players. They're a very good team. If they're they have and they obviously have guys Kawhi and who with proven playoff experience. Now they also have playoff James Harden, so that's a whole other thing that takes their score down a little bit but i would say seven i would still feel confident in the nuggets in that series but that's definitely one of the scarier teams so i'm about to put this in my chat right now um i think the clippers are they're a solid team there's a reason why i'm having some angst towards them is because just like how you said your team has good history against them so does mine like, you have to remember, my team beat them in the play-in game. We had that whole pet death moment because of that. Wolves match like, up very we match well. up pretty well, yeah. Yeah, because we, of it, match- because having Ant and McDaniels to, to defend on the wings, y- y'all match up very well with the Clippers, I will say. Yeah, and the bigs to match. So, I, I, I personally, I look at the Clippers, and I'm feeling them at a five, which is why – I wanted to ask you that question. It, it, it does painstakingly take me a little bit when the media is like, they are there. Like that's what some play, some people say are their favorites to win the West. And I think it's just because of the star power and everything like PG is fine. Like it's all starting to look good. And I also hate how they nitpick. Obvi- I don't know if you noticed, they've been saying that they're the best in the West since January. I hate that stat so much. They keep mentioning, <laughs> yes, the Cl- the L.A. Clippers. Don't forget, they throw in that L.A. part. They say the L.A. Clippers are the best team in the West since January 1st. It's like, oh, brother. <laughs> it's like, like, come on. Just be honest. Just say where they're at. They're like, what, second or third? Like, just, just say it. So... Uh, I am. I agree. They are decent. I I understand why you have them at seven. Um, my next one. Since we're trying to roll through here, it's gonna be the Suns. The Suns. Ooh. They played the Mavs tonight. I'm gonna check the score of that one. Um, they are down twelve against the Mavs. So actually, this is a perfect timing, right off the All Star break. How are you feeling about the Suns? Um, they're they're a tougher one. One sec. I was thinking about this because I knew we were gonna do this. So I was thinking about the list of these teams. Suns, it's it's weird because in some ways I don't really believe in them, but I also think they might be like my highest fear factor. So I might say like an eight, just Whoa. because I think the upside with them 
is higher than most of these other teams in the playoffs just because I obviously know what Booker and Durant can do. And the Nuggets ran through them last year. The Beal piece is really the X factor, and he's made of glass. I mean, I'm pretty sure – I don't think he was out. I'm pretty sure he was out tonight. Um, and so if he's out, then it's a bit of – if they don't have Beal, then this would go down to like a four. But just because it's, if he's your third guy and they didn't have a guy like that in the playoff series last year and he's hitting, um, they could be very dangerous. They are too small, and they don't have a ton of depth, but although Grayson Allen's been having the best year of his career with them. Um, but just because of the offensive firepower and it's like a weird matchup, I would say eight. I would still like Denver, but I think the Suns might be my highest fear factor, actually. I mean, we'll see as we go through the rest of these, but it's a, t- it's a weird one. That, that's crazy. Cause I, I initially, I thought you were going to have them at like a three or well, maybe at the five spot because eight that's, might be that's where I, I threw him at five. And I was like, oh, he's going to put him at like, he's going to give him a five out of 10. No, he gave him an eight out of 10, but I guess that's just me. But uh, I respect it. Only my You'll only question for you is, though, what's the difference? My difference is here is, though, how are you not more afraid of the Clippers who have more star power than the Suns? I just don't know that they they have the fire. But James Harden is the new addition there. I mean, James Harden, I feel like melts down in the playoffs. I think the Clippers are more likely to break down physically. You might be right. I go. I was going back and forth on who I'm actually the most afraid of in the Suns Clippers. The thing is, listen, I don't want to listen. I don't want to jinx anything, but like, I feel pretty confident about everyone. I I don't. I'm not super scared of any in the West. That's but, fair. Um, I I just feel like the upside when if Booker and Durant are both on when I've seen it, and if Beal is also on, they can beat anyone. And with the Clippers, I just think there's less of a playoff track record with with Harden, obviously, and to a lesser extent, Paul George has had some good playoff series. But and I think the Clippers are much more likely to be dinged up uh, by the time we get to the playoffs. The Suns are also an injury concern. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I just said Beal's made a glass, but. I go back and forth with them. It's a tough one. Okay. Maybe you should bump it to you seven and a half. Oh, let's say seven and a half. <laughs> I, I, I respect that. That the whole one point favor for Phoenix is might have just acted me the wrong way. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I was going back and forth on who who's actually the biggest fear. But I think I think when we're talking fear, you also have to consider teams that don't consider fear. And that's where you get to the younger side of things. Let's look at some younger teams. Let's go to the Mavericks. You got Luka Doncic. Yeah, you got Luka and his Mavs. So I consider them pretty young, in my opinion, because of PJ Washington. I know Kyrie's old, but yeah. now, but they're, they're somewhat young. Yeah, I would actually say like a six for the Mavs, pushing on a seven. I think. Listen, the Nuggets are a much better team overall, obviously. The just because they have Luka Doncic pretty much puts them at a six. And I also, I think you'd be surprised. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but you might be surprised where I have them on the tiers. I really like what they did at the deadline. I think PJ Washington and Gafford fit beautifully with Luka. Those are the types of front court players he needs to have with him. Um, And so I think they are a good team. I think they're going to fit it. Like they're the seven seed right now. They're in kind of that cluster that I talked about before with Pelicans and the Kings. I think they will get up to at least the six uh, come the playoffs. So maybe even higher. We'll see. So I would say six. 
Just because I think Denver win, but if you have Luka Doncic, you at least have a chance in any series, I think. I mean, he's just that good. All right. And now uh, I got three teams out of – now I have to pick two of these three teams so we can wrap this segment up. It's fine. You can we can go speed round with some of these uh the lower seeds. I'm fine. You can go through all nine of the other teams if you want. We can go fast through them. Um, I would say, all right. How about this? That the other teams will be bonus round. Like they'll just be bonus fodder. Okay. Um, I won't keep track of them, but these ones I do want to keep track of. All right, let's hear. Uh, the first team that I obviously want to see you take tech to talk about is going to be the Thunder. I'm watching them right now. Um, hate to say it, but they did the same thing the Wolves did against the Clippers, where it was a close game in the first half, and they just completely beat the brakes off them. But I think their lead was um, was more comfortable than the Wolves was. I'll give them that. So this means they'll be on a three-game winning streak. They're this. They'll maintain that two spot, given your Nuggets the three now after tonight, hopefully. So uh, yeah. the Nuggets might not even play in the second half tonight. The Nuggets are up almost 30. It's not even halftime yet. The Wizards are one of the worst teams I've ever seen. They are horrendously bad. I mean, we said they were going to be bad, but I could not believe. I mean, They're I did worse. not think it would be this bad. Pistons have a worse record than them still. They are worse than the Pistons. The Pistons are better than the Wizards, even though. And remember record- how the joke was, like he said, uh, Jordan Poole said online, like, "Oh, at least we're not them. You know, we're not as bad as them." <laughs> nah, I mean, you're getting there. You're getting there. Bad, if not worse than them. <laughs> yeah, you guys are getting there. You're getting there, bud. So, but yes, the Thunder. That is where we're at. Um, Thunder. Okay, so this is a weird one. I'm gonna say just a five here. The Thunder have actually beaten Denver like three or four times that they've played this year. They kind of have had the Nuggets number, and yet I'm not really at all afraid of them just because playoff history. Teams this young just – you have to take your lumps. The Nuggets had to take their lumps. Everyone that wins the title has to take some lumps. This This is going to be their first year. Now, look, I think the Thunder are ahead of schedule. They're uber-talented. They have awesome players. And I think this core absolutely could win a championship in the next couple of years, but it's not going to be this year. So I'll say five. I hate to disagree with you on that one, Colby, but I think you might have to put some respect on that Thunder name. I don't think they're ahead of schedule. I'll think they're on schedule here. Because remember, they were in the play-in game. They were in the playing game last year with this less talented roster. Um, I only disagree just because I am on the edge of the spot where the NBA might be looking at this Thunder team, and I'm watching them obviously in the background. I haven't been paying attention, but they because they're completely behind me. Like I have to do a whole 180 just to turn around and watch them. But these guys are soundly beating the Clippers, a team that you have some genuine fear. I'm just telling you that it's when the I know playoff implication. I mean playoff experience isn't a factor and a maturity of things. And that's what everyone's saying. But I personally feel like, I feel like that's going to bite them at the very end. Like, I'm not talking like round one. I think it might bite them when it comes to the conference final. 
That's when I'm start. I think I think it might be one of those cases where they might make a good run out of this and then learn learn from it. Possible. We'll see. Because and I love how you bring up playoff experience because the next young team actually has some playoff experience, Colby. And you already know where I'm going. It's my Wolves. The number one team that I have personally as your number one fear. The team that's been waiting. They got eliminated by your last season. And we've been waiting. Uh, we got one game. We got one game. Didn't even have as long as, yeah, as long as he doesn't punch a wall, I think we can do good. I think we can get two. All right, and we will have that in just a second. All right, so I think the Wolves, respectfully, are in about the same boat as the Clippers and the Suns, where I don't really know. I'll take that. Day seven. I don't know who. I feel like I have about the same level of fear for all all three of those. They're the three biggest concerns. I don't know. For some reason, Phoenix just gives me a little bit more, slightly a bit more pause. Um the Wolves, because of the size, is the main thing. They have the front court defense. This is a five-game series last year, but you said they didn't McDaniels. They're obviously better now, and they played the Nuggets tough in a couple of those games that they lost. Um, I think the Wolves, just because of the defense, that could be a real tough series. I, I have one major concern for the Wolves, which I'll touch on in the tiers, as you'll see where I have them ranked there. Um, I'll say seven. I do think the Wolves are a tough matchup. I would still feel confident, but they're definitely one of the tougher matchups. Okay. I, I love the respect. Um, I like just being put into the same group as those star-filled teams. <laughs> and more importantly, I'm more glad that I didn't have to jump you on this because <laughs> I, if you were going to say that the Wolves didn't have playoff experience, I would have been like, yeah, well, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, you know. They have, yeah. Like, they not, to they're not like the Thunder. Argument. They're much more experienced than the Thunder. All right. Hey, hey, I feel a lot better now that we're on the same page on that one. I feel like that's our only edge. If the Wolves do end up playing the Thunder, is that I think this would be the time that Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert cash in. So that's just me. I, I feel like that would be finally the time where that experience finally cashes in and everything. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty hyped. Those were all the five that I got there, Colby. That was some good responses. I uh, can't wait to share these and see what our other Boston representative, James, thinks about. Uh, yeah. Obviously. I feel like he would agree about the Miami one. I think that's the that's yeah. the one that we could That's really the, on. the – obviously the biggest fear for that, yeah. All right, you want to speed round through the rest of these Western teams? Because you know everyone – Oh, that was it. Oh, yeah, speed round. Forgot, forgot. Forgot the bonus yeah. round. Yeah. And that bonus yeah. round uh, automatically starts with the two California teams, which is the oh. uh, Lakers and Warriors, Colby. <laughs> like, right. I mean, they just they just don't give up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, They'll be around. Uh, Big game between them tonight. They're going to have to play in the play-in probably, which will be fascinating. Um, Lakers, four. They've, Nuggets, it's not nearly as high as – they were my top team on the Fear Factor last year, if I remember, them in Phoenix and – the, yeah, they I can beat them seven in a row. Listen, they are good. I do think the Lakers are a good team, and they could definitely be dangerous uh, in in the first round. Um, then it's a four. Golden State two. No fear whatsoever <laughs> of the Warriors. They're too small. They're not built to play Denver. Um, yeah. Poor Kaminga, dude. All right, and then I, and I got I got one. 
It's the Kings. I can't forget about the other California team. What if the Kings did something? Kings four. They have played Denver tough this year. They, I think they're three and zero against the Nuggets this year. Um, I don't put a crazy amount of stock in that, and I think in a playoff series, I'd feel very good. But they have been somewhat of a tough matchup for the Nuggets. They're fast, and they can space it and all that jazz. So, and the big boy. Since we're doing a speed round, big boy down in New Orleans. Two. Do you two. only have a two? Oh, oh I would have at least. I thought you were going to put a five. I'm still not 100% certain that the Pelicans won't collapse down the stretch. I've been burnt too many times before by the <laughs> Pelicans, and I just have Finally. no. I have, of all the Western, of all the 10 Western teams that are in the mix, I have the least trust in them out of the 10. I would, they, I would put them 10th in terms of trust, <laughs> even though they're sixth in the standings. Well, I mean, the two speaks for uh, many volumes, Colby. <laughs> the two. <laughs> so I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, here we go. This is it. That was all. Like that was our speed round. Um, Nuggets right. still <laughs> sounding very comfortable. Uh, don't worry, the well, Rockets did not qualify, Colby. I don't think you want to yeah, see Dylan I don't Brooks think yet. They're going to get to the play. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I don't think they're getting it either. I like the Rockets, but yeah, I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're going to make it. They got they not when you consider all nine teams that we just talked about. Nah, <laughs> nah I just don't see it happening. Okay. All right. So while Colby gets ready, it's time for me to give ourselves a little prelude to the probably one of the more coveted segments here on the NBA side of things. Um, it's a segment that I am proud to share with, with many friends and family as well. A segment that you can also Give to the ill, and they will feel better. It is time for Colby's NBA tears. Colby, I, like I hope it. you're ready. I'm ready. Post All Star, post trade deadline tears. I'm tr- I'll try not to be too long winded because it is getting later here on the East Coast, but at least we won't be too rushed. All right, here we go. Let me share my screen with you. Latest edition. Again, not the craziest amount of changes. We did this a few weeks back. But there have been some changes. Oh, what? I don't know what I just did there. You're good. I don't think I see anything. I can turn around. Ready? I got you. No, you're good. Watching the Clippers game. No, it's good. It's there. All right, ready? Okay. Here we go. Yes. The tears. Bottom row. Oh, man. (laughs) My internet may not cooperate with this. All right, here we go. Bottom row. Uh, The names. To no one's surprise. Oh. Don't want to spoil all the names, man. Yeah, where that? All right, here we go. Pit of <laughs> despair. It's just the Pacers or the Pistons and the Wizards. I mean, the aforementioned, they're horrible. The Pistons at least have some young pieces, but it's, it's, it's a lot of wishful thinking. Not the most hope for the future. The pit of despair, these are by far the two worst teams, and they also have very bleak outlooks. The Wizards just started their rebuild, and it's got a long way to go. And the Pistons, for some reason, kept drafting – uh, guards that need the ball and aren't good shooters. So uh, we'll see which guard that needs the ball that uh, can't shoot that they'll draft in this draft. It's jacked up, man. Um, but, I mean, it's true. <laughs> so pit of despair. I, I really like some of these names. That's what I always try to pride myself in. Okay, next row. Now a little more interesting. Suck now, win later. These teams are also really bad but they have far more reason for optimism than those two below them. Trailblazers, Spurs, Hornets, Raptors. Listen, we know the deal with Portland. 
Uh, they have young talent. Sharp is interesting. Scoot is at least after a disastrous rookie year start. He's coming on a bit more as of late. Um, and has at least shown some signs of reason for optimism. Wemby is phenomenal. He's as advertised. The, the Blazers also have Golden State's pick this year, which could fall in the lottery, depending on how the playing goes. The Spurs could get Toronto's pick. It's top six protected. The Spurs have Wemby, who's a home run, and the, the thing that I think uh, maybe not a lot of people are factoring in, the Spurs have a ton of extra draft capital. They still have a Toronto pick. They got a Washington pick in a few years here coming down the road. They got all those Atlanta picks from the DeJounte Murray trade. So they have plenty of in their own picks as well, and they suck. So plenty of ammunition to build out around Wemby the next few years. The Hornets, as bad as they've been, this year is a success because they nailed the Brandon Miller pick. He is all that in a bag of chips. That kid has been sensational. He is He shoots it. He can put on the floor. He defends. He plays hard. He calm down on that word. Never. Well, he yeah, but he's a good. Yeah, I was about to say he's been really. That's the best he, thing about him is that he's been quiet. I feel like yeah. ever since he's been drafted, and he's been putting in the he's time. He's been there. scoring buckets and he's been quiet. Like the I news think, about him has been good. Yeah, I think he's the franchise player. I I mean I think he's oh over Lamelo. Lamelo's good, but. He doesn't defend, really. He has injury history. Brandon Miller plays hard. He cares. You can tell that he cares. I mean, he's yelling at teammates about getting yeah, he was. and playing I saw hard. Those. He's excellent. And Toronto's a little bit better than all these other teams, but they didn't really fit in any of the other categories super well. And they are bad, but they have all-star Scotty Barnes, who's exciting. They have some assets that they got from their trades. Have you seen the Scotty Barnes edits? I, uh, I just want to ask, have you seen Scotty yes. Barnes edits? Hilarious. They are hilarious. Yeah, I love their him screaming at the free throw line is my favorite one. Just oh. <laughs> um, only only thing I wanted to say about this one is the Spurs. You were talking about their draft capital. Don't you think there was at least a little bit higher expectations for them? Yeah, coming it's into been the a season. Disaster. That's fair. I mean, it's been they've been bad. They don't have a point guard, which they need to address. Um, yeah. They really need to figure that one out. But because I just feel like they deserve to be up here above the pit of despair because they do have Wemby, and he has been as advertised. He's already probably the best defensive player in the league. I mean, he's... I agree. I I don't think they deserve to be in that spot either. I just think... I just want to highlight the Spurs' struggle. That's that's where I I think it is. Um, I mean, to be quite honest with you, the Raptors being here, I didn't raise an eyebrow to at all. That wasn't the eyebrow. Honestly, the eyebrow razor was the Spurs. If anything, it was just for me to talk about the Spurs on this. That was it. And the Raptors and Spurs were going to be, that's going to be an interesting lottery night. Not that anyone loves this draft, but still there will be good players um, to see if their pick falls in the top six or not. All right. Huh? Solo tier. Not the first time they've had a solo tier this year. <laughs> a blessing. No, no. A blessing in disguise. Yeah, that's again. <laughs> but they've been bad. But is the year from hell. They've had and I, I saw this yesterday. They've had twenty six different players play for them this year. Like that's a wild number. Um, but it's a blessing in disguise because it's a lost year. Morant, all their literally all their core guys, except for Jaron Jackson Jr., have missed significant time with injury. But they have found two diamonds in the rough. Vince Williams Jr who they signed as a real solid role player, hustle player. And the real gem, Gigi Jackson, their second round pick, who's 18 years old, 
and he could had he he reclassed and went played a year early in college had a bad year ends up going to the second round if he had stayed he's in this draft he might go in the lottery um he's an athletic six nine combo forward type deal he's only 18 and he has shown a lot of promise and go ahead is he the one that came from BCU? Which one was the one that came no, from uh, BCU? Williams. That's the Vince first guy. Yeah. Who's the also- first guy, yeah. So, so they, in this disaster season where they've been throwing out G League guys and all sorts of crazy teams, they have found two real guys who I think are I like GG of their core going forward. Yeah, Gigi's exciting. Who knows mm-hmm. what the feeling could be. And because they've been so they've been bad, they are going to get a top 10 draft pick that they can either use if they have someone they like that they think can add to their core or try to use that to flip it into a more experienced player that can help them right away. They're also still competitive most nights, which is a real testament to their coach, Taylor Jenkins, who's very underrated, one of the best coaches in the league, and he's shown that this year. I expect when everyone's back healthy next year, they have extra assets and pieces they did not have before. I expect them to be back with a vengeance next year. Well, maybe so. In those ways, maybe a blessing in disguise. This lost season. I think uh, I'm fully on that same wave as you. Uh, I just relish in the moment and the fact that they are having an off season. I think is the most important thing, um, especially when you mention that Taylor Jenkins has had this team competitive. I mean, before the All Star break, the game that I was watching was Bucks versus the Grizzlies. Oh, yeah, the I remember Bucks how I was like out. pointing out. <laughs> Like the buck, and you were like the Grizzlies. They just try too hard, and I'm like, what else do they have to do? Like that's all they got. Like that's literally all they have is that it's the Grizzlies. It's all they got. It's the grit and grind. So, yeah, I agree. I'm actually in love with this title too because I actually think that it has been a blessing in disguise. Like you said, I like GG. I like GG Jackson, um, and I like the VCU Vince. I forgot his name already, but I do like the VCU product that came out from there and uh, helping them out. So okay. be interesting. Yeah. All right. This next here, I'm pretty proud of this name. I think it's an interesting perspective here. Interesting thing to look into. Oh, wait, why the West is always best. Nice. Five. This is the mediocre middle-end teams. The Nets, Hawks, Bulls, Rockets, Jazz. The name of the group is why the West is always best. Because all these teams are roughly in the same ballpark record-wise. Brooklyn's the worst by far. They're a disaster. But yet, compare where these three teams are at and just how they're run. And the reason why, for pretty much the last, what, 15 years or so, the whole time pretty much we've been watching the NBA, the West has been the better conference. Why? They're just better run. The teams are just more well-run. Compare these teams who are similar record spots, the three Eastern teams and Western teams, just their future outlooks. Brooklyn and Atlanta don't have any of their own picks. They've sunk them into these teams to Atlanta to have a repetitive, redundant team with Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, stuck by it, didn't blow it up at the deadline. Brooklyn is, for some reason, stupid reason, diluting themselves into this idea that they can did you see i don't know if you saw the report that came out that they intend to build it out around mikhail bridges who is a good player very good player but he's a two at best on a good team and a probably a three on a true contender you can't build anything of you can't build around him you're going to sacrifice the few picks you do have from other teams that makes no sense they're a disaster 
And Chicago hasn't made a trade in two years. They're just completely – I've done the Chicago thing a million times. Literally feels like every single time we've done the tiers. So I'm not even going to get into them. Meanwhile, Houston and Utah both have extra picks. Houston has all the Brooklyn picks. Utah's got a boatload of picks. They have young cores. Utah has an all-star guy in marketing. Houston has an ascending star in Shen Goon. They still have Jabari Smith. They still have Jalen Green, Amon Thompson, who are young guys, still nowhere near what their ceiling will be. Utah has Keontae George, Walker Kessler, both promising young guys. And Taylor Hendricks, who I really liked in last year's draft, hasn't played much, but he's starting to get some more minutes now. Um, And they both have extra picks to continue building. So even though all these teams are in a similar spot record-wise, the two Western teams are in a far better position going forward because they just make better decisions and they're more well-run. So that's the name of that group. Every time um, I talk about the Bulls, I feel like I get too worked up, man. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not even going to talk about them either, man. I'm done talking about the Bulls. And honestly, of recent, there's not much to really say. I mean, since they haven't done anything, there's not much to say. They're in the same spot they were last year, around that play-in spot. I mean – yeah, it's they're the Bulls. It's I, I completely agree with you. That puts a puts a smile on my face to see a Chicago team giving you a struggle for once. That's all it is. I mean, I grew up with this with this ordeal, so it's a, it's just you know it's, it's, it puts a smile on my face. My only only catch on here, and it's not going to be the Rockets. It's not. I promise you, it's not because I've have seen some tape on Fred Van Fleet and I'm starting to, I'm starting to realize some, some of the actions and things that have transpired to him being on the Rockets. So <laughs> he takes, he likes to shoot. We can he does. That. He likes he doesn't, <laughs> he does like to shoot. So I'm more, more or less the team that I want to highlight here is the Hawks. Oh, I mean, it's the team that we always talk about when it comes to tears as well. I mean, it's but it, I feel like we always talk about them in a more fun sense, just because it's always like, well, they can always trade Deontay Murray and they will have a chance at doing whatever they can with Trey Young all over again. So it's like for me with the Hawks and the fact that they're a play in legend, um, <laughs> That's one of our I just best feel like that's the part where I would not be surprised if the next time we do these tiers, the Hawks are just going to be like, not, not in the same spot, just one step up, just because they went on like some like five game win streak or something right beforehand. And you're like, you're like, yeah, the Hawks are finally looking like what we expected, but they're still only, they still, I thought they would be at least are. better than this. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I was so you know that. I can understand that. I could, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. keep going. Good teams only from here on out, or at least relatively good teams. My gosh, my internet is bad. Oh no, I'm following you. I'm following you. Um. Okay. Next. Oh my god. Next tier, <laughs> if I can get the thing to move. Oh, here we go. Matchup dependent. Oh, that's a spicy four. tier, Colby. These four completely dependent. All as far as what their playoff futures entry. All will be in the playoffs. Their trajectory and playoff future is completely dependent, though, on uh, on what their matchup is. There are certain teams that they match up very well against, uh, and there are certain teams that they will just get cooked by. For New Orleans, they match up well against smaller teams that they can bully, that sort of thing. They don't defend super well, though, and I have no faith in them, as I said. They're just 
their ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team. They can look as good as anyone or as bad as anyone on any given night. And there's just some weird end-of-game closing stuff. Their offense, for all the talent they have, excuse me, still doesn't flow perfectly. Orlando and Sacramento, the two show favorites, back-to-back sleeper teams, nailed it two years in a row. They're literally kind of the inverse of each other. Orlando is excellent defensively, but their offense, as much as as great as Paolo and Franz are, is still very clunky um, with all these guards. They're terrific defensively, but they, they don't have enough shooting. They don't space it well enough. And Sacramento, of course, as we've said before, complete opposite. They're elite offensively, but they can't guard anyone. Um, and so just because of that, Orlando, I think, can give certain teams major problems in a matchup because of their defense, because they and of how good Palo and Franz are. And like every everyone pretty much the Magic can throw out five man, a lineup of Anthony Black, Jalen Suggs, Paolo Franz, and Wendell Carter, where that's five good defenders. And Jalen Suggs has been a revelation this year. He's been excellent. But there's just the lack of shooting is the what's going to do them in. And the Sixers are in this category because we don't know that they're going to get Embiid back. Really, they're probably going to be toast in any playoff matchup if they don't have Embiid. But they might get him back, and if they get the right matchup, who knows? The Sixers, I didn't really have anywhere to put them because it's just like, what are they if they don't have Embiid? We'll see if he comes back or not. But the right matchup, these teams could be dangerous. But it's going to have to fall their way or they'll probably all be out in round one. I can tell you what the Sixers are without Embiid. It's a team that I said that need to go all in on Tyrese Maxey. I feel like this is this is your time to see what you got. I mean, really, this is what you see and what you got. I mean, I know I'm probably going to be the only one on this island, but again, I don't think Embiid's going to be your key player in the future. I know he's an amazing star player, but he's always hurt, and he just big, the big moments just seem to escape him, you know? So I feel like if they just finally take this time to realize that Maxi might be the guy they should try and build around and keep Embiid as long as you can. Yes, I agree. Don't get me wrong. I think Embiid should be there. I think he should be a big piece, but I feel like it has to. I feel like it's time to almost time the pivot here for the Sixers. That's that's where I'm at. I feel like it's and that's the challenge. I feel like because Embiid is still putting up these amazing numbers, but I feel like maybe they should just change their approach. And Nick Nurse. Maybe he did that. Maybe he was like, you know what? We feed an Embiid, but that's why we're like Tyrese Maxey is going off. You know, like this is why we see Tyrese doing so good. I think you got to at least see, I would like to at least see one playoff run with Nick Nurse and Embiid and Maxey. Me too. But yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. I think the Sixers will make the playoff still with Maxey. I just think the... Depending on how far they go, if they can win around, Trey Young. Better hope you don't fall into the play-in and have to face Trey Young for the eighth seed, though, because <laughs> yeah. he's coming out for that game. <laughs> I agree. I, <laughs> Trey Young will show up. Yeah, don't fall too far. Don't fall too far because then Trey Young's gonna be licking his chops. Because especially if he gets to play villain at Philly, at <laughs> that that's what it's gonna be looking like. He gets to be the villain at Philly. Oh man, he's gonna be having a field day. Um, and then to our our show sweethearts here uh the magic and the kings um hey how you doing um <laughs> the only thing here is i just wish that they weren't they weren't here 
that to be quite honest with you this is a spot where i did not want to see the kings or the magic i i expect the magic to be in the playoff talk a little bit you said that at the beginning they of the season tonight. They we'll keep an eye on them but uh, for me it's the kings this is it's it's sad to see the kings this low uh, but it comes with a cost you know it comes with a cost because there's some good some good fun western teams up there they could rise up we'll see all right I'll try to go through a little quicker through some of these. This one's self-explanatory. These two, we grouped them together in the last segment. They play tonight. We grouped them together here. No country for old men. Not just the good and depressing Coen Brothers movies. Warriors and the Lakers. Going to be battling in the play-in. More than likely, only one of them's going to get in. Uh, I think it's very unlikely that they both make the playoffs, which is interesting. But they're both, listen, from OKC, Minnesota. I mean, I don't want to see these guys in the first round. I would rather play the Kings or the Pelicans just because of their experience and the legends and they're proven. They could definitely be a tough out. And maybe even if everything falls right, win around. Probably not too. But maybe win around if things fall right and they're hot and they really turn it on on the back half of the year. They both are playing very well going into the All-Star break. We'll see who wins tonight. But it's no country for old men. I mean, they just don't have it like they used to. And I just don't know that they're going to be able to get past the real juggernauts out West. You see what happened last year? They both won a round. Yeah. Exactly. And then they ended up Lakers facing won two each rounds. other. Yeah. yeah they, because they ended up facing each other. So it was by default. So you were right about it. I mean, you're right. And I, well, if we get that again, I'm going to be so disgusted. I'm yeah, not going to lie. They're going to have if to the, face if, each other probably in the play and maybe for the eight seed. I hope so. Uh, that's what I would want. I would rather see another, uh, I think they've done that before Warriors Lakers playing. Uh-huh. Yeah. A couple years so ago. I would, I would see, I would want to see that again. I would rather see the Warriors and the Lakers play again. All right. Keep going. Here we go. Who's the one. So these three teams, the Cavs are the best record wise Pacers, Cavs, Knicks. The reason it's called who's the one, I'll just go with my thinking here. They all are interesting. They're all talented. They're all very good, fun stories. I'll have some questions, especially uh, the Pacers have never been here. First run of it for Halliburton. They have Siakam now, which elevates them for me. I really love you know how much I love him. He fits well with this team. The Cavs look like a juggernaut, but we saw what happened to them in the playoffs, and we all know what the story is with the Knicks. It's called who's the one because – Listen, with the state of the East, one or two, potentially all of these teams, but at least one or two will be out in round one. However, with Milwaukee's weirdness, if Milwaukee does not figure it out and they falter, and if Miami does wind up in the eighth spot and is facing Boston round one, one of these three could wind up as going as far as the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think they're all good. They all have questions. One of them could potentially make a little bit of a deep run here, but it's only going to be one of them. They're not all going far. So just who is going to be the most trustworthy come playoff time and make the deepest run? My guess would be the Knicks. That's who I would trust the most out of the three, but who knows? So just who's the one out of those three? Maybe that's too low for the Cavs, but I don't know, man. I can't unsee them just getting clobbered by the Knicks last year. I think that's okay. Especially um, for the Pacers, 
you were uh, a little low on them earlier when we were talking about Fear Factor against the Well, papers. against Boston, yeah. But if they see themselves Everyone right, else? play Boston for a while. That's the thing. Like, who knows what the matchups are going to be. If you have to play Boston early, then you're probably cooked. But True. if they can avoid playing them for a round or two, who knows? Hmm. I doubt they're I, I, get three rounds, but it's on the board. So they're in this tier. My thing is, I respect the Pacers, but I think they should have been in the matchup dependent section. Um, just I, based off of what we were talking about earlier. But at the same time, I was expecting some hype because I I thought they would be in a spot like this on your tiers list when we were doing Fear Factor. <laughs> so a little conflicted, Colby. Just saying, I'm just a little conflicted <laughs> on uh, I just think how Boston, that all came down. Boss, they do not match up with Boston. <laughs> yeah, they do not match well probably with Boston, especially when they consider the playoff experience. Um, but I do like the I, I I'm still gonna stand here and say out of the two team out of those three teams, the Pacers are still a fun team, but it's hard it's orange and blue skies here. It will be. <laughs> I mean, come on. I know they're banged up, Julius Randle, but I said it on that time too. This is a great time for the Knicks exactly. to see how good they are without Julius Randle yeah. so they can try exactly. and shop him finally. Most I know a lot different. of Knicks fans would love that too if they could find a way to get rid of him. <laughs> All right, here we go. Get into the upper echelon now. Many flaws, but Milwaukee and Dallas. Look. Milwaukee, we've said it. We all know the weirdness. We all know the whole everything that's going on. They don't guard. Neither of these teams really guard, actually. Um, that's kind of both their biggest problems. But they have two of the three best players on the planet between them. They have Giannis and Luka. Luka is going to – I said, you know, I talked about how I thought Dallas really elevated themselves at the deadline, beat Phoenix tonight. I think that showed. And they have Luka Doncic, so you're always going to be in any series. Same with the Bucks. They have flaws, but Damon Giannis, who knows? Also, Dallas has Kyrie, who can hit some big shots. These teams are not going to be any fun to face in the playoffs, in spite of all their issues. I think it's absolutely on the board that either of them could make a deep run to the conference finals, and maybe beyond, in the case of Milwaukee, if they get everything really figured out. Dallas, conference finals, probably their ceiling, but I think I think Dallas, I'm really high on them now uh, with the moves they've made. So there you go. Many flaws. But they have two of the three best players alive. And so when you have that, you get a little bit more respect than all these teams below them. They're going and trending in different directions right now, aren't they? Um, I, those fucking Mavericks, man. <laughs> I mean, they did prove me wrong. This is two years in a row where a trade, well, I guess I was sort of right about Kyrie in that trade at that time. That last year. Yeah, I was about to say, last year I was a little bit right on that one. But right now I'm very dead wrong on the Mavericks' recent trade where I was like, I hate this trade. I didn't like it. I was like, oh, go for a guy named Gafford, go for Washington, who's uh, – they know they might be knowing what they're doing over there. Um, definitely in a – I feel like if we were doing our Escalators and Eels segment for the <laughs> NBA – um, these guys would definitely be on the escalator. Um, I'm a little bit more concerned with these guys and everything than I would be with the Bucks in the playoffs. So interesting. I like it. I like the take of them being next to each other, but I see the separation happening soon. Yeah. Be interesting to see how they finish. All right. Next tier, I'm gonna spend very little time on this one because you already know the deal. Almost that time. 
I mean, you know who it is. Solo tier. The Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler is getting ready to come out of hibernation. This is, this is their tune-up stretch. Look, they're in eighth right now. Yep. And I've got them above all these other teams that they have better record that are better records than them. Yep. I've I've played this game last year. They're not full Bastards. of me this time. Not full of the outside say those check. It's almost that time. You know they're gonna be right there, ready to take out anyone in their way. It's almost their time. <laughs> so it's Miami. Michael Myers. Here they are. Damn zombies. <laughs> All right, and I see you no no complaints. It makes sense. All right, last couple rows. Too small. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Too oh, small. Oh, there we go. Two teams, both legitimate Western contenders, Thunder and Suns. Complete opposite ends of the playoff experience spectrum. The Thunder have no experience. They're all young. The Suns have a bunch of veterans. They have tons of experience with KD, Booker, all these guys. Both legit threats out West. Both too small. I know the Thunder have Chet, but they have no other bigs besides him that you can put out there in a playoff series. I just I don't understand why they didn't trade for a big man at the deadline. That's going to cost them. And Phoenix has no size at all, as we mentioned earlier. That lack of depth. I think both these teams are true contenders. They could both absolutely be playing in the conference finals, maybe even the finals. But my guess is that lack of size is going to bite them uh, come the playoffs. Uh, it looks like you and Lou agree on one thing, and that was the fact that they should have went and got some size before the trade deadline, huh? Absolutely, yeah. I, they have all they have two hundred years worth of picks, so I don't understand they couldn't have thrown one or two of those out there to get like a decent backup set. It didn't have to be anyone crazy, just like yeah. a body, a big body that you can throw out there in a playoff series. Anyway, yeah. And uh, speaking of too small and the Suns, uh. Yeah, I'm not really too big. I mean, it's fair for them to be above the heat in the Mavericks. But after this performance tonight, obviously, recency bias, they lost to the Mavericks tonight. That's the only thing. So it'll be fun to come back to this and talk about some recent victories and losses and see how the Suns do. Because I feel like we might be coming into a time where maybe they fall apart a little bit again. You might be right. We'll see. We got six minutes, so I'm going to finish up here. All right, last three rows. All the legit contenders. True contenders, one flaw. Clippers and your Wolves. For the Clippers, it's simple. It's the health. Someone might tweak their ankle tomorrow, and it's a wrap. That's just that's just the nature of the Clippers. You don't have to retread it. For the Wolves, they've been elite defense, an elite player in Anthony Edwards, a great team, a great coach. My only concern with them is... They have, and they run a lot of, they've blown a lot of teams out. So they haven't had to deal with this a ton. I don't fully trust their offense in crunch time, tight situations come the playoffs. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Mike Conley's been great for them, but he's very old. Um, and so depending <laughs> on him to set everything up, come the playoffs. Look, Ann is great, and he was great in the Denver series last year. But, uh, that's my one concern for the Wolves is that late game offense come the playoffs. But they're true contenders. They could both absolutely be in the finals if all goes right. But no if, complaints here. We can wrap up. All right. I want to see the rest. I think I, I think I know the rest, but yeah. well, oh, I still already know see who's it. left. It's the Fear Factor teams. The recharge champs, question mark. The Nuggets, look, they were we mentioned third last week, they were limping into the all-star break. 
They had a rough stretch of games right before the All-Star break. They've been dinged up. Luckily, they got a break, and it was almost an extended break because they got to play the Wizards tonight, and they eviscerated them. So <laughs> they're recharged champs. If they're recharged, they're fresh, they're good to go. If they can climb up in the standings, they're obviously the pick out west. Um, we'll see if they are recharged. And at the top, as they have been the last uh, two times we've done this now, the Las Vegas Celtics. I'm calling them that oh. because the Las Vegas Celtics because this is now three years running where they've been the Vegas favorites. Vegas has them as significant favorites, I believe, to win the title. Mm-hmm. Haven't won it yet. We'll see if uh, if that can change this year. I mean, this is the best team they've had. But the Las Vegas Celtics, there, Jalen, is your tears as we have four minutes. <laughs> this was a Colby, <laughs> it's been a great episode. It's been a very long episode. But as every episode... We always do our final thoughts, and it's perfect to do our final thoughts after a heater of a tears lifts like that one, man. So good stuff, like always. Obviously, I'll have time for next episode to bitch and moan about the Clippers and Wolves being paired together, but that's for, again, another week. Um, It is time for final thoughts. I'll go ahead and take the reins on this one, Colby. I'll let you so you better come up with something snazzy. Not a good one. It's going to be a quick one, but it's good. All right. Well, I, as you guys heard, I was complaining earlier about how the MLB blew spring training last today as the Dodgers beat the Padres 14-1. to um, Very disappointing. Very sad to see. However, I would like to just point out one little side story here. JMU. I'm pretty sure is leading the nation. And I think it is wins or something like that. Like they're like 25 and three. They're a juggle. Yeah. They have the, like they're one of the best, they're one of the better teams in the nation. So shout out to our Dukes um, for possibly might be forcing an invitation giveaway to the Dukes. Maybe, maybe we get a forced invitation. That'll be pretty hype. All right. And now, Colby, I it is time for your final thought. Yeah, no, I'd love to see JMU in the tournament. I think they'll be there, and that's awesome. Final thought, just going to go quickly. Um, I've mentioned a final thought like this before, but I just always want to make sure I'm appreciating Jokic because I've obviously been rooting for the Nuggets for many years when they were completely irrelevant, and now they have the best player in the world. He, tonight, after this domination of the Wizards, has now become the – only the third player ever joining Westbrook and LeBron to he has now gotten a triple double against every team in the NBA after the That's ridiculous. last one and he got it tonight. So he's literally gotten a triple double against every team. He is fourth on the all time triple doubles list. Uh, well, regular season I think he's fourth. Uh, playoffs he's fifth if you count playoffs and regular season. The only people he has left to jump for total triple doubles is uh, Westbrook. Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson. And he's so the big three. So the big three. That's what it is. Double Kings. And so I just love Jokic so much. And that's just a wild stat that he's got a triple double against every team. That's my final thought. You could say that's a good final stat, Colby. But in my opinion, that's some good stuff that Jokic's been putting out on the court, man. And I think, uh, I think we've been putting up some good stuff on this episode as well. 